Heather. They start singing a cappella. Everybody knows the song. Nobody has any sheet music. They don't know the thing. Hey, thanks. And then, uh, yeah, it's like 10.40 by the time things kind of look formally commenced. But So, a little lighter today. Spring break, isn't it? This is the start of spring break for CU Dub, right? Um, good to be with you. We're going to press along in Genesis. This is a huge... I guess a huge chunk. We didn't, I don't think we got to the intercession for Sodom last time. Okay, so last week was what? Professor Schultz was with us. Um, Latif, you can give us a summary of what happened last week. No, I'm just kidding. Um, two weeks ago was our last study of Genesis. We didn't make it to Abram's intercession. So what did Pastor say? I missed the announcement. Am I supposed to do 19? supposed <laughs> I'm supposed to do 19, but let's not do 19 right away. <laughs> uh, we might just, I, a quick word about the intercession, just because I don't usually teach, actually either of these texts, I don't really teach in, in the classic Concordia. Um, and so we'll just see how this goes. This is a lot of, in terms of volume, the amount is quite a bit. And so I might change the pace and just kind of do a slow walk through the latter part of 18 and then into 19. Um, and just stop me as we go along if you see something, comments, questions. Um, let's uh, b- begin with a, a word of prayer. We pray. Lord God, your Father in heaven, make us to know your ways. Teach us your paths. Lead us in your truth and teach us, for you are the God of our salvation. For you we wait all day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of our youth or our transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember us for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Those words are um, from Psalm 95, a psalm that's all about the ways of the Lord. In Genesis 18... Abram is taught the way of the Lord. This is really actually, in, in a sense, you can say the entire Old Testament is about the ways of the Lord, the way of the Lord. Um, we are going to learn that way. Of course, that's a very, that's a pregnant word, isn't it? The way. Um, I am the way. You know, early Christians are called followers of the way. You know, so this language of way is pretty... It's pretty big. Um, Abe needs to learn the way of the Lord. He's been baptized, think circumcision. He's had the meal, think three visitors, bread, right, the feast. Um, He has been told to walk before me and be blameless. He now needs to learn the Lord's way, the way, the Derek Yahweh, the way of the Lord. And... The culmination, at least in Old Testament terms, the culmination of the way of the Lord is the revelation of God's name. This happens at Sinai with Moses. The Lord, the Lord, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Showing mercy and steadfast, mercy and steadfast love unto thousands, and, uh, but who will by no means clear the guilty. This is the epitome, the culmination of the way of the Lord the manifestation, the revelation, the expression of his name. 
teach me. So when the psalmist in Psalm 25 prays, teach me your way, let me know what your mercy is all about. It's not a simple, straightforward answer. It's teach me what your steadfast love looks like, how it works. Show me your mercy, how that happens to me and to one another as we prayed after the the sacrament, right? Abe needs to learn that. And no better way, I mean, that's how are you going to teach Abe, well, give a lot of money to charity? Is that how you're going to learn the way of the Lord? Abe learns the way of the Lord by the Lord's mercy for Sodom, and yet, as the Lord who will by no means clear the guilty, we'll see this. Chapters 18 and 19, I'm absolutely convinced they're meant to be read together. There's an obnoxious amount of um, linguistic correspondence between the two, repeated vocab and things like that. Um, They're absolutely meant to be, so in 18 you have what? The three visitors, Abraham last two weeks ago, he hosts, right? Quick, uh, see as a flower and they make this meal, right? He's at the door of the tent and so on. Um, And then we're gonna have this intercession I'll talk about real soon here. In 19 what? Okay, now we have Lot. Well, Lot's where? Not quite at the opening of the tent, but he's at the opening of the city. He's at the gate of the city. And what happens there? Well, three visitors, three visitors. Okay, up, another meal, another meal, okay. Um, Only things go much differently for Lot and in Sodom. There's intercession that Lot does, although it's much different in character than what Abram does and so on. They're meant to be heard together. The Lord's mercy, I guess you could summarize both of these chapters, what we're about to do, and then into 19, with, um, you might say, like the spectrum of the Lord's mercy will be put on display here as Abe intercedes for Sodom and as the Lord also rescues Lot. What does the mercy of the Lord look like? Okay. Um, so first thing first is this, this intercession. If you look at chapter 18, verses 22 and following, but I, we, should, we should back up. Take a look. Uh, after Sarah laughs, look at verse 16 here. Um, the men set out from there. We'll just kind of do a slow walkthrough. And stop me as we go through. Just the volume of text. I'm just going to do a slow walkthrough. Maybe, again, the pace might be a little different here today. But um, spring break pace, we'll call it that. Um, the men said, let me just pick up with, with 16. Sarah just laughs at this. She's yidzacking. She's Isaacing, you know. Okay, oh, wait, Isaac, right? She's yidzacking. She's Isaacing because of being told about Isaac, Right? She's laughing. Isaac means laughter. So Sarah is Isaacing, is where we left off in 1516. Um, the men set out from there. They looked down. Abel looked down in 19 to see the burning smoke. They looked down to Sodom. And Abe is walking with them like everyone in Genesis wants to do. Um, Enoch walks with God, right? Noah walks with God. We've talked about this quite a bit. This is the walk of faith. Abe, walk before me, go before me, and be blameless. I think Latif, you know, this walk before me. What does it look like to walk before the Lord? Abe shows that here, walks with them to send them. Just kind of fascinating. Abe as a, as a host right this way. Um, this is the kind of sending that 
again, you get uh, earlier in Genesis, just kind of a no ascending, the dove, here, now this way, go this way now. Now, it's what the Lord says that's quite marvelous, pretty unique, um, and I'll tell you why in a second. The Lord says, should I cover, um, think about the covering of Noah's, we're going to have a lot of Noah parallels too. This whole Sodom thing is another flood, raining, fire and sulfur, the door, get them in the door, shut it, all this is, this is a flood again. Okay, should I cover from Abram? This is the Lord speaking to himself, right? Or does Abe overhear this? Let's just kind of roll with this for a second. Okay, should I cover from Abe what I am going to do? Now, the question is general first. He doesn't say, should I cover from Abe that I'm going to destroy this place? He says, should I cover from Abe what I'm, I'm about to do? Abe's been circumcised, baptized. He's had the meal moving forward, wanting him to walk before me, should I cover from him, should I hide or conceal what I'm about to do? To what extent should I reveal, you know, if you're a father, to what extent should I tell our kiddos about this thing? Right? So maybe it's messy business. Maybe it's embarrassing. Right? Sodom? We're going to say Sodom? Right? To what extent should the kids know about this? Should they be totally in the dark about this particular thing? Um, or should I reveal to them my heartstrings about this particular thing? Should I let them into this extent about this particular thing? Abe will certainly be. He will be, he will be. Like when you repeat it in Hebrew, it is going to most certainly happen that Abe will be a great nation, mighty, blessed, all the families of the earth in him will be blessed, all the nations of the earth. For I know him, I know him, so that he'll, give, he'll command his sons, his house, those after him, to keep the Derek Yahweh, the way of Yahweh, to do righteousness and justice. Abar has already confessed the faith. He believed the Lord, and the Lord counted to him as righteousness. Now the Lord is asking, should I hide this from him? Abe must, um, he, he and his descendants will, will practice righteousness. He has righteousness by faith. To, to do righteousness and to do justice. So that the Lord, notice he speaks of himself in the third person. So that the Lord uh, unto Abraham would, would uh, do according to the word that he spoke unto him. Which is the Lord thinking about his own word. The Lord studies his own word. This is bit, Jeremiah's big on this. Um, the Lord speaks a word. He studies it. He remembers it. And he thinks about it. And he reflects on it. And he returns to it again and again. The Lord does this with his own word. That's how important what he says is. Okay? When Jeremiah complains and Things aren't going well. The Lord gives them another dose of the exact same word. This is the one I've been living by here. You should try it too. The Lord remembers his own promise to Abe and he keeps that front and center. This is the word that I've spoken. We're all bound by it. How am I going to do this now? Okay, so he speaks to himself after studying his own promise. And the Lord says, I will see if this cry, basically this... Um, 
the cry of Sodom has gone up, and I'll see, for it is great, and I'll see if the sin is, it's exceedingly heavy. I'm going to go down there and see if it's as according to the cry that's come up to me. Like if it's, I mean, that alone is worth, is worth thinking about. That Don't you know this already? Yeah, go ahead, uh, Dr. Lane. Is this the same language that comes up from Egypt? Is this the exact same phrase, I have heard their cry come before me? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have the Egypt parallels here too. Lot's going to have matzah bread, yeah, right. door, Passover. Uh, the Jews are convinced this happened at Passover. The Sodom destruction happened at Passover. Um, why is that? Well, death all around. Right? And so, yeah, the Egypt parallels, the cry has come up to me. There is no, so this is one thing that we have totally lost, and the Jews are right about this, if I can put it this way. That's a very abstract, the Jew, who are the Jews, what are you talking about? Um, it's a Lutheran, it's a Luther thing to do, so it's, he's, it's his fault. Blame Luther that I'm speaking in that. Uh, the Jew, the rabbinic tradition, mainstream rabbinic tradition, I'll put it this way, they're absolutely right on this point that we have totally lost. And the light, it was already limping. It was limping after the Reformation, but the Enlightenment killed it off. And you don't see it anywhere in Christian interpretation anymore. And that is, they were absolutely convinced there is no earlier or later in the Torah. There is no earlier or later in the Torah. If we rekindled that, we would get 18 more layers of depth to our scriptural exegesis for that very reason that Dr. Lane just brought up. And that is, this sounds like Egypt. This matzah bread sounds like Passover. The door, the death, angel of death. There's death in Sodom. You looked outside, everybody, that's the mob. They're after you, right? So, in other words, absolutely, be thinking about, wait, this sounds like stuff that happens later. That's intentional, because it adds depth to the Lord's word and his ways about mercy and so on. Okay, so yeah, absolutely, you're going to see, yeah, go ahead, uh, Jordan. I didn't quite understand that. So the, the tradition would say, like, yeah. creation happens, you know, simultaneously in a sense, or... There's no earlier or later... Obviously, hey, there's a first and then a second. I mean, isn't that the point of the saying is that the chronological framework is not the primary framework in place. We have done that now. If you want to understand the Bible, what do you do? Well, you reconstruct it historically. What's going on in Sodom at the time? Well, let's get some diggers on that and that kind of thing. They would grant that there is a, okay, there's a narrative and there's a creation of the world and then this thing happens and this thing and so on. But the point of there's no earlier or later in the Torah is to say ontology, the substance of the thing, the Lord's way with his people dealing with mercy is the primary horizon. Like that's the, the ontology, the subject matter of the thing is primary. The chronology is actually secondary. There's no earlier or later in that regard. When he does something with Egypt, he knows, like when he does something with Egypt in chapter 12, he knows what he's going to do in chapter 18 with, with Sodom. And then later on with the Israelites in the other Egypt. Like there's no, for him, that's the primary reference. My will toward my people done in, with, and under my, my son. 
the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Like that, so that's, for us, it's like, no, the chronological is the primary. And that's, so that's the point of the saying. The point of the saying is that's not the, the primary thing to consider here. Does that make sense at all? Ontology over economy, ontology over chronology. Yeah. Well, and, and I think what you're saying too is that um, textually, the Moses is giving us clues, yeah. so that it's it's almost like you got your um, your slide, you know, that you're projecting yeah. up or whatever, and you put another layer on, and then you put another. Layer yeah, that's on. right. That's so right. You can start seeing how God is in one moment or in His entire nature dealing with this fallen creation. That's right. So like in Egypt, they're going, oh shoot, this is just like Sodom. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We gotta get out. We gotta get out of here. Right. Um, and it's only gonna be enhanced the more you, I, the Gospels do this too. Um, they, they hear something about eating flesh and drinking blood, right? Now our Lord knows exactly what he's saying. The subject matter of what he's talking about is absolutely clear. The death and resurrection happened. They go back and reread that, and everything is, oh my goodness. And that's why you're queued up early in John. They remembered the resurrection. They destroy this temple, restore my body, and in three days I'll raise it up. After the resurrection, they remembered these things. Everything was enhanced. The layers, as Dr. Lane was talking about, the layers are there. The, the significance of that that's big for us is that, like, Abel's sacrifice and so on, this kind of way, Abel's fat portions, like, wait. That's a Leviticus thing. That's later. This is earlier. That's later. Abel is already participating in the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation that's fleshed out even more in Leviticus. He's already there. He's already getting a foretaste of these things. He's already, like, it's, it's not like, man, uh, Abel was so far back. Abe's a lot closer to um, the real deal. And Moses is even closer yet in this sort of thing. And now look at us. We're 2,000 years past the cross, and so the more time goes along, the more distant we are. All of God's people are equidistant from God's good gifts. There is no earlier or later in the Torah, there is no um, closer or farther Christian. Adam is a Christian. Abe is a Christian. Right? Moses is a Christian. David is a Christian. Latif is a Christian. I'm a Christian. My great, 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 great <laughs> grandchildren, Lord willing, will be Christian, right? We are all equidistant from the body and blood of Christ. Put it that way, right? There's no earlier or later in the Torah. There's no closer or near, there's no closer or farther from the Lord's good, good gifts in that way. I think that's primary for this, the layering thing. I think that's the primary concern of our Lord and how he deals with his people. It's, that's why I, lo I love the axiom, because it's, wait a minute, this is not just a chronological thing only. Because then we get into this business of, well, we're just so far away from this. I don't know. I'm so, you know, we can't get back there. We're going to have to reconstruct things, and I hope archaeology can help us out. And if it doesn't, well, we just won't know. You know, or you start doing things, you start manhandling the text and saying, well, you know, first century Rome, they didn't know what we know about things, and so Paul doesn't know what he's talking about, and you run into all sorts of problems. Go ahead, Latif. Well, one example I was going to bring up, you already brought up, and that is John, John 6. The, the events are uh, pre, predate our Lord's uh, institution of the uh, sacrament is less important than, yeah. than what... Uh, how the church hears this text. That's right. Another example might be how uh, 
the major discourses of Matthew, everything's already contained in the first discourse. Yeah, that's right. Um, There's, this is being written. Another way of putting all this is that uh, the, uh, the linear aspect of, of uh, the, the uh, text is ought not to uh, control all of our thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. The text continually, in many and various ways, not all the Bible is the same. Genesis is not Isaiah, and Isaiah is not the, the Psalms. It's different. Books do their work in different ways, but they're all reinforcing that point, the cyclical nature of the thing. We're all hovering around one subject matter here, whether it's Hebrew parallelism in the Psalms, say it one way from this angle, say it another way from that angle. But we're aiming at the same thing. There's no earlier or later there, right? In narrative, you're going to get this kind of layering effect. This sounds like Egypt. That's later. And this thing sounds like, hey, that's earlier. You know, this kind of, right? That's because we're hovering around the same thing all the time. The subject matter of these scriptures is the triune God. Made manifest, of course, in his, in his son. And so on. So, um, yeah, there's a lot that could be said about that. I think it's... It's, it's a huge discussion because it's actually, yeah, go ahead. It's kind of where we are. We're trying to pick up the pieces. I think people are, they are dissatisfied with killing that off. And that's why we have these guilds of like theological interpretation of scripture because they know the historical reconstruction stuff is just, is ultimately bankrupt. I'm really going on a tangent here this morning. Go ahead, Latif. Uh, one, one little example of, uh, of a, uh, something in the text that would remind us of, uh, of another part of the Pentateuch is where God says, I know, I know him. Right. So that reminds me of earlier in the book. Um, I wonder if this is born out of the Hebrew, how Adam knew the... The language of knowing, of course, is what Sodom's going to do too, right? Does he so, know, does, does he he knows him even, even in that kind of a very relational way? Before you were born, I knew you. This kind of Jeremiah thing. This is why Revelation is good too, this... Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. No, that isn't, that's not... No, one thing was earlier than another. Creation, Jordan creation happened first, then lamb slain was much, 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 much later, right? It just, you remember, lamb slain from the foundation of the world, and that's, that's God's plan A operation. Everything is seen through the cross. Yeah, I know him. Think of the revelation and what it means to be known by the Lord. I know you way before, like beyond chronology, I know you, Jeremiah. I chose you in Christ from the foundation of the world. That's much more important than just the first, what, what happened first there, you know, this kind of, I know you, Abe, that's the language here, I know you, Abe, and of course that's going to be contrasted with the knowing of Sodom. The, God, the men of Sodom say what? Bring out the people so that we may know them. That's a much different knowing, but the Lord here has, I know Abe, and he, and he, okay, so he studies his own word. Um, Abe draws near, this is, a sad, this is another Dr. Lane point, and that is, <laughs> it's, the, it's the word you're going to find in Leviticus for bringing an offering near. Abe draws near. It's the first time it happens in this whole book. It's not accidental. It's meant to think, you're, we're, it's like we're bringing, he's interceding. You bring forward, Abe is bringing forward himself. He draws near. Um, so the Lord waits. Speaking of the mercy of the Lord, what does he do? He waits. He doesn't destroy Sodom right away. He thinks about his word. 
And then he allows himself to be stopped by Abe. Abe stands still before the Lord. And then they have this conversation. Suppose there are, will you indeed sweep away, totally demolish the righteous with the wicked? Again, what's Abe need to learn about this way of the Lord doing righteousness, justice? Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Notice we get no response. The Lord says nothing. That was one question. I suppose we could jump in right there. But he says nothing. No response. So he keeps going. Okay. Suppose <laughs> there are 50 righteous in its midst. Okay. Will you then sweep away? Still nothing from the Lord. Let's keep talking. And not bear with it that place. Very, very big term in Genesis. The place. Uh, I have a place prepared for you. Promised land place. Will you not bear with the place for the sake of the 50 who are in its belly, in its womb? Of course, that's in the midst of it, literally, in the midst. The Lord uh, is in the midst of this place. If the Lord is in the midst of this place, still no response. Far be it from you to do as this thing Sweeping away the righteous with the wicked, treating them the same. Far be it from you. Still no response from the Lord. Should not the judge of all the earth do mishpat, justice? Again, this is exactly what the Lord wants to teach Abe. He must now do mercy, do uh, righteousness and, and mishpat and justice. Okay. And then finally we get a response from the Lord. There's a key term here that comes up. And we've seen it through Genesis before in the Lord's response. He says, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous in the midst of the city, I will bear with it for all the place on their account. Abe then, maybe you know, are familiar with this. Abe answers and he says, behold, I'm willing to speak to my Lord, the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes, very clever. Very clever, because he's reminding the Lord of his own promise toward him. I'll make you like the dust. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? I will, I who am but dust, don't forget the promise you made to me. And ashes. I know I'm the Ash Wednesday stuff, but I'm also the, that's a huge promise you made to me. Don't forget the promise. That's why the church prays the way that it does. You have promised to lead your people. This kind of thing. Okay, perhaps we're lacking five. Would you destroy it? He said, no, I will not destroy if I find. Notice the language of find comes up. The Lord, it's, it's interesting. The Lord kind of uses his vocab in response. It's like the child that asks his parent, can I stay up till 9, 9 p.m.? And the father responds, you may stay up till 9 p.m. Can I stay up till 9.15 p.m.? Well, not that it's daylight savings. Absolutely not. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the, the father wants his son to know not only that I've heard, I could just say, I heard you, or no, or yes. Not only have I heard you, I'm also using your words back to you. You may stay up till 9 p.m. The Lord gets his vocabulary from Abraham. That's how important this petition is. In fact, as you move along, the Lord starts dropping these words like destroy. Did you notice that as you get, now it'll pick up again at the end, but he'll start saying, I won't even do it. Not I will do, do what? He doesn't even say to destroy anymore. Not I will do it. What are we talking about anymore? I don't know, but your petitioning is having an, an effect on me. And here you thought your prayers didn't have any effect on the Lord. One of the key words, I think, in this is when our Lord then gives him a word. Abe has nothing to say so far about finding or being found. The Lord gives him that vocab. They share each other's vocab. I think that's really remarkable in this. The Lord twice says, if I find there, this is a very pregnant word in Deuteronomy, the place where I'll make my name dwell there, it's also the same letters for the word name. The Lord gives Abe this language of, if I find there, if I find there. And by the end of this, Abe then starts speaking like that. He says, as he goes down from 45 to 40, he says, uh, what is it, verse 29, he starts using this term. And I think it's important because this is exactly the, the finding of faith. Noah finds favor with the Lord, right? If I find there... Abe picks up on this, and by verse 29, he doesn't let go. And he says, um, I'll speak to you. Perhaps there are found there 40. And he says, I won't do it for the sake of the 40. And he says, don't now be hot, um, be angry. Perhaps there are found there 30. And the Lord says, if I find there 30. And then he goes, perhaps there are found there 20. I won't do it for the 20. Perhaps there are found there 10. I won't do it for the 10. I won't destroy it. And it ends there. The Lord, uh, when, when this is completed, goes and then Abe returns to his place. Again, the language of place. To be found is to be what? It's the ones living by faith. It's Noah finding favor in the eyes of the Lord. If the Lord finds that, so Abe starts, the intercession there is if they are found there, if this, what you find, like Noah finding righteousness, if that is found there, if that is found there, if that is found there, will you bear with this? Will you bear with this? How much evil will you bear with for the sake of the righteousness that comes by faith, Noah, all these people that have been found, right? How much evil will you bear with for the sake of this finding that Genesis emphasizes? And that, of course, is one thing that Abe needs to teach me your way, Psalm 25. Well... I will bear with all this evil. I will bear with all this evil for the sake of this righteousness that comes by faith. Those being found there. He stops at 10 and goes his, goes his way. 
Um, lots to say here. Let me just thoughts, comments, reflections on the intercession, and then we can go to 19. Yeah, go ahead, well, Dr. I, actually, I wanted to hear your comments on 33, this, this language of finishing up speaking. Yeah. Uh, and then him going back to his place. Uh, almost like when it, when is it enough? When was that? When was that enough for Abraham? But it's not Abraham was done talking with him, which is strange. It's the Lord was done. To, or is that how it goes? How does it go? It's a fascinating ending. I think the Lord stops only because Abe stops. I think Abe is the first prophet. Okay, now first prophet. What am I mean? What I'm. Abe is what? Abe is a priest. When he's called, he's building altars all over the place. He's also what? He's a king. Chapter 14, he defeats the highest of the best. Kings of the, I mean, there's nothing more kingly than defeating the highest kings ever. Abe is a priest. Abe is a king. Abe is, this is prophetic in every way, shape, or form. It's Amos. It's uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, this, the in prophetic intercession. So all three, I think what is, what happens at the end in verse 33 is Abe is being taught this this intercession he's being taught the mercy of the lord he is learning i mean who who knows maybe he, he throws out 50 at the start maybe he was expecting i mean he um yeah i would do it for 50 but i wouldn't do it for 200 right you know you start maybe he started i think the reason he goes from 50 to 45 and then does by tens is because he's absolutely shocked i think he started at a number he thought was way too low but i'm going to go there because that's Right? And he actually says, I wouldn't do it. 45? <laughs> 45? No? <laughs> uh, four, 30, 20, 10. You know, that's, I think he was, I think he's absolutely shocked that the mercy of the Lord works this way. What Abe needs to learn throughout this is, this is the kind of intercession that, oh my God, 30, 20? You're not even using the term destroy anymore. This is the kind of pushover that's happening here. Abe, the, there's, I think there's maybe both, at, by 33 you have what, both um, maybe tragedy and irony, I guess you could say. On the one hand, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Why did you stop at 10? Um, but on the other, every plea was successful. 30, 20, 10. The Lord, I think, the, I think the significance of 33 is to say, Abe, Abe stopped the intercession. It kind of leaves it hanging like, there could be more interceding here, it seems. Abe says at the end, I'll speak just this one more time. So the Lord, I think, hears that and, okay, well, that's, right? Yeah, the, the word for being done or completed is, um, it's, yeah, um, when the heavens and earth are finished, like they're all brought to their completion. The whole reason the Lord kind of cued this up was to do what? To see if that cry has been, if it's, if they have done according to the completion of it is how the, the same word that's used there. It's the same word used back in verse 21. If they've done, if it's complete, it's kind of like in chapter 15, if the iniquity of the Amorites is complete, like 
there's a sin, there's like a threshold there. Sodom is doing what Sodom does. And there's a tolerance. It's crazy that the Lord has. And yet, he, when the iniquity of the Amorites is complete, when it's brought to its completion, Lot is down there. And he is, we will see in chapter 19, bearing with this until that time where he says, that's, it's complete, it's enough. And that's the same term that's used. So yeah, I think that we will see that the Lord's mercy doesn't stop at 10. That's part of this, is that it makes you wonder, Abe stops, he says, I'll speak only one more time. And as a reader, I'm thinking, talk 12 more times. Get him down to, I mean, think of our Lord. Suppose one, one, one righteous person, would you spare the whole world? He'd say, yeah, in his son, right? So, you, so he stops, and yet the Lord's mercy doesn't stop even then. And that's because we'll see in 19, the mercy that he has for Lot is, oh my, even beyond this kind of 10, and I won't destroy. He does some crazy things just for this one guy, Lot. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. And then. Well, you said there about the one, but I was thinking of Psalm 14 when the Lord looks down from heaven. Mm-hmm. And what does he find there? He doesn't find anyone righteous. No one. That's right. No one is righteous. No, not one. Um, That's right. Yeah, this is the situation, right? This is uh, these terms too are used before the flood. This kind of like the evil, and we're going to see this in chapter nineteen too. Um, but yeah, there's this. As far as Abe, he's learning a thing or two about intercession, the Lord's mercy, and so on. He stops at 10, and on the one hand, it's like, this is marvelous. The Lord has totally caved to this again and again and again and again and again. At the same time, he stops at 10, and you think, well, I mean, there's another, the rabbis, well, he, you know, there's eight people for the flood, so you don't want to go lower than 10, and he knew that, and then, you know, that kind of thing. They have all these explanations. I think it's, is that the end of the Lord's mercy just because this one intercessor stopped there? And we'll see in 19, no, it actually goes even farther. And yet, as I see it, I don't think Abe knows it. I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but Lot, we, once Lot is saved, the Lord, we'll learn in 19, Lot's, the Lord's mercy extends so far that it goes after this guy named Lot. Lot wasn't praying to the Lord, was he? Well, maybe he was. We're not told, you know. Abe was praying. He stops at 10, and we will learn that Lot is saved for the sake of Abe. He saves Lot because of Abe's intercession, and Abe has no idea if Lot is even alive. He looks down, he sees smoke. His family's down there, and their families, and that so on, right? Sons and so on. He has no idea... He has no idea. This one thing, I kind of part with Luther on this. Luther thinks he goes down in the Lord's mercy and they have this big reunion. I don't see that. I don't quite follow him there. I think the point is that he does not see it. Abe prays. He stops at 10. And we're wondering, wait, could you go more? The Lord's mercy from that prayer extended all the way to the one. Even his wife didn't make it. Pillar of salt. Even his wife didn't make it. He warned his kids. They brushed him off. His, even his wife looked back. But he saves Lot because of Abe. And Abe doesn't even know it. He sees destruction. And so it is that you go to the divine service and you pray the collect that the gospel would not be bound but have free course and be preached to the joy and edification 
and you go out to your, your tomorrow morning, you're going to go back to your job, what's your on spring break? And that is, you're going to see destruction. You'll have no idea how the Lord worked through that prayer in order to pull off his good purposes. He saved Lot. We're not going to hear him. This is that. This is it in Genesis. We're not going to hear of Lot anymore. He saved Lot. Will he even know that? Where's the big reunion and all that? It's gone. It's silent. It's done. Lot's done after this, after 19. Go ahead, Latif. Something uh, in the wording of the uh, last part of this description, we were told that as soon as he had uh, left communion, communing with Abraham, so this uh, whole thing is going to communion. And, um, and that, to me, is uh, reminds me of the beginning of the section where we're told that God... Uh, Declared that he knows him. Yeah. That's the kind of uh, intimate knowledge that, that, that we have with God is uh, communion. Right. So, uh, uh, likewise, you know, how do we know that God knows us because uh, he just got through upstairs right. communing with us right. in a couple different ways? Right. Uh, but, right. Um, but then, um, two, that gets me. It's. Oh, go ahead. I wouldn't do it. And so yeah. on the top of that section again, um, he says, shall I, shall I hide from him that which I do? Yes. And that just um, makes me think the, um, this doing, um, part of what he does is not the calamity, but it's also that he, he is going to save at least a part of his house. That's right. Should I hide from him what I'm about to do? And that, I think, is both in the justice and the mercy and that's what he's teaching Abe this is teaching Abe and all those in Abe how this way of the Lord works teach me your ways again the psalmist Psalm 86 teach me your way that I may walk in your like this is this is my way mercy is overflowing 30 20 10 you could keep going Abe you could probably keep, it's, it's overflowing beyond what you even prayed for it's going to actually overflow into lot and i'm doing that you stopped at 10 and i it overflowed even to lot and and yet i mean we'll see in 19 i will by no means clear the guilty either like there there is a destruction at the end right um this is not just to be abused, this mercy and so on. But I think, to your earlier point, it's absolutely significant that this happens right after the meal. Like, I know Abe right after the meal. Go ahead. So before we move on to 19, I sure. just want to be clear about this cry. Oh, yes. Yeah. So is the cry um, some other nation that's crying out to the Lord against Sodom? Or, or is it potentially, and I guess this is what I'm asking, is it yeah. not... In this the is city crying out. it's a, this is why your point earlier is right on, yeah. and that is when you get rid of the there is no earlier or later in the Torah, you look at that cry and you say I don't know it's probably a bunch of evil people and whatever. When you remember that the earlier or later thing, you think the cry of Exodus two that God knows keyword again language is the cry of his people in faith. And that must be Lot and so on. Exactly. 
That's the beauty of it. What we did there was added a layer, your comment earlier, of depth to that, that cry. We're not given that, and yet we are given that in Exodus 2, that this is the cry of his people. That's how that works. That's, how, that's what we've killed off, and I think we need to bring back. Um, that cry is, the fancy word would be paradigmatic. It's the template, it's the paradigm of his people crying out against the atrocities on the 6 o'clock news all around you. Um, when you get to Lot, it's what? The entire city. It's kind of like all of Jerusalem being stirred up. Like the entire, when you get to 19, maybe this, just some summary remarks at this point. Yo, go ahead, go ahead, Latif. Yeah, sorry. In a sense, and you alluded to this before, that the, this, there, there's a, a type of uh, situation, uh, a paradigm here, yeah. uh, where this is, in a sense, akin to uh, the Noah. Yeah. Uh, we might say yeah. it's, it's akin to any great apocalyptic uh, uh, event. Yes, that's exactly right. From the midst of what John witnesses at the end of, of the New Testament, um, we have the saints crying out. Exactly. And that's why Sodom is, in the New Testament letters, Second Peter and so on, some of these kind of odd, I'd say odd letters where it's like they're bringing in Balaam and all these old school. Sodom features as a, you can look there, We did Second Peter, for, in Sodom is kind of throughout the New Testament, our Lord's preaching also. Uh, in the days Noah, eating and drinking, and also Sodom, remember Lot's wife, Luke 17. But also in Second Peter, Sodom is a, this is the end time stuff. Abe is the, this is the ministry, this is the church. In the womb, if I can put it that way, of this terrible God-awful world, think Sodom, in the house of the Lord are his, is his remnant. Speaking of, again, this is the story of the scriptures, God's remnant. They are surrounded by a mob. Now we're getting in 19, aren't we? Law is, and the Lord's mercy extends to his people, not just the tip-top Abe's. I've got this, I'll, I'm in on the Lord's ways here, you know, 10, 20, the 20, 30, 10, thing. The, the Lord's mercy extends all the way to the likes of the lots. The ones who are a pale imitation of Abe all the way through. Hey, here's two lands. What does Lot do? This one looks like Eden. I'm going to go this way. <laughs> and then what happens? He got took. He was taken. The next chapter, you went after what looked good. Abe goes by faith. This is theology of the cross we heard today. And Lot, is a, he gets land too, but he's going to get taken. He's got all sorts of problems. And he should have died in chapter 14, but the Lord was merciful. The Lord, Abe, you know, 318 men, they saved him. The lot, lot is constantly the tag-along, perverse and foolish, oft I strayed, and yet in love he sought me. And we know what it's like to be Lot. Lot picks Sodom. Sodom is known for being a terrible place. And Lot's there, and then what happens? He tries to be Abe. Come in and All of this is just a replay. The door at the gate I mentioned. Turn inside, wash your feet. Spent my servant, if, you know, if I found favorite, you rise up. All this is, he's trying to be Abe, but he's a terrible uh, mirror of that. He doesn't live up to the, to the Abe standard at all. So you think, well, nice try, Lot. And yet, what happens? Well, 
we have that maybe you're familiar with this. He, he makes this feast. His feast is terrible. It's little. There's no three seahs of flour, but there is unleavened bread. <laughs> Just a little, a little wafer of unleavened bread. Okay, does that sound familiar? We have matzah. Same word. It's an Exodus 12. It's a Dr. Lane kind of thing where it's, wait a minute. This is the Passover. Why is Lot having the Passover meal? There's no earlier or later in Torah. There's no earlier or later in Torah. Eight, that's why the, the Jews, the, they're convinced this happened on Passover. Well, I don't, you don't have to go there. That's the, you don't have to say this happened on Passover. What you're doing, though, that we have forgotten is to say he's having matzah bread. And one, they're mutually informing stories here. This is the, this is the salvation of God's people. We are surrounded by a mob. The men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old. I mean, can you imagine this? I don't even have thousands. Every single one. And, and Latif, this is the perversion of the, the key word, know, right? Bring them out that we may know them. The Lord knows Abe. And here's the diametrically, diabolically opposed knowing there. Okay. Um, the offer sounds terrible. If you look there in 7 and 8, he goes out to the entrance, to the door, and he shuts it behind him, which is the ark. They're safe in the ark. This is a flood again. I promise I'll never flood the earth, but there will be an end times destruction akin to the flood. That's why we're thinking flood throughout this. There's so many flood words in all this. He shut the door. Like, he shut Noah in. I beg you, my brothers, don't do this. I have daughters Take them instead. This is a terrible, terrible thing. And yet, was it not terrible when Abe was in Egypt and he was confronted with either death or death? And he says, say you are my sister so they take you and I can live. Right? Law is constantly trying to, he's, a, he's this pale imitation of Abe. It's a terrible what do you want, death or death? And so Lot does this, I mean, it's, oh, this is, you know, appalling. This is terrible. And yet we're reminded, oh, wait, the Abe wife-sister thing, this is, the, this is how bad it's gotten. And yet the whole point, I don't, there, there are attempts to try to soften this down, like, oh, maybe the, you know, Maybe the sin wasn't that bad, or maybe, maybe the lot thing wasn't that bad if you look at it. I don't know, whatever. Ancient Near Eastern hospitality, you know, you got to take care of your guests and all these sorts of things. No, the point is how, how absolutely disturbing it is, because this is the very mess into which our Lord comes to save his people, the very mess from which we, he's pulled us. Okay, um, so they, they end up saving him, blindness as a result. Um, have you anyone else here? Sons of, why are they asking that? <laughs> Don't you know? Do you have anyone else here? We're about to destroy this place. Lot's family gets a warning. This is part of the way of the Lord, his mercy. Lot's family gets a warning. Get out of this place. But they think he is yidzacking, laughing, same word, 
Sound familiar? They think he's Isaacing, and we never hear from him. So there they go. Now, why do they get one warning and Lot's about to get 12? This is part of the way of the Lord. His mercy overflows beyond what it should. And beyond that is, it is what it is. I mean, I, we're not told. Why does his family get one warning and Lot gets like 12 chances? Look at him. And morning, dawn, he, he just told him to get out of there. And what does he do? In verse 16, he lingers. You can't even follow your own advice. One minute you're, oh man, I'm just so glad to be a Christian. And all this, the very next second, Lot can't even follow his own advice. Get out of here. He's like, well, maybe I don't want to leave. And so they have to do this multiple things. No, get out of here. And notice the Lord, in verse 16, the Lord being merciful to him. They brought him outside the city. Looks like a terrible place outside the city. Again, all of God's people dwelling in tents in Genesis, what does Lot go after? I gotta have a house. <laughs> gotta have a house. Okay, well, then he's gotta be in a city. It doesn't go well. It doesn't go well at all. He, he sees outside the city as garbage. That's exactly where salvation is. Sound familiar? Outside the city. Let us go to him outside the city. That's where our Lord is crucified. That's where salvation is. No, it looks terrible. Put him where salvation is. See this? And, and even then, can I go to, no, can, can I, uh, you know, can I go to this little place? Can I escape to the hills? Can I go over here? Um, and I'm, I'm just going to go real fast here. And that is, they can't do anything until you arrive there. Um, Lot has learned something about intercession all the same. And, and that is that the Lord's mercy just, just overflows. I don't know how many chances. I mean, but then again, you think, as the hymn writer puts it, perverse and foolish, often I have strayed again and again and again and again, the Lord sought me. Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. I know. Go out to the highways and byways and compel those people to come to my feast. Kicking and screaming. I thought we had free will. <laughs> Again, I need to teach Abe my ways, my mercy. I mean, that's the, the parables and so on. Compel them to come in here. Compel them. Um, the irresistible grace. Yes, right. Well, it's like with a lifeguard. If you're jumping in the safe zone from drowning, like sometimes they're like panicking too much. Like they're fighting you, and so you don't let them fight you and let them drown. Like you just grab them to restrain them and seize them and take them out. So there does seem to be this kind of. I think the point. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess you could ask these questions about well. Why didn't they do more seizing of a son-in-law or Lot's wife even to like, no, the, then he, they seized her face so that she wouldn't look back or, you know, all these kinds of, but I, you know what I mean? I think the point is the Lord's mercy spilling over, again, from intercession and then into Lot's family. And 
sounds like some of those the sons-in-law or whatever they they didn't take the warning and then it's oh my even lot's wife but yet for lot it's wow even after tearing even after uh i want to go to here to the small place no i can't go to the hills outside of the city looks like <laughs> i mean what wouldn't you say you know what that's enough of this <laughs> That's enough of it. I think the point is, and I know there, it does maybe raise questions about why didn't, what about his wife and all this? And yet, again, look at how far the Lord's mercy is spilling over and over and over and over and over and over, right? That's the, that's the focus. That's the point. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. So uh, when Abe is interceding and, and says, you know, can you find you know, righteous people? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a good question. The I'll put it this way: the way that the narrative of Genesis unpacks that term, it's it is one of faith, like the righteousness that Noah has, for example. I'm just looking at that that term again. Yeah, it's used of Noah a couple times, and then it's like that's the that's the righteousness of Genesis. That's the that's the term. It's the term that is one of faith. And I think, again, with Dr. Lane's point about the city crying out and so on, um, I think Law is this, Law is, the, is constantly the weaker brother. He's the, Romans 14, 15, like you have to, faith the size of a mustard seed, I guess you could say this kind of like, boy, it seems to be like the Lord is really protecting this Lot guy as if there's the same righteousness that's in him as there was in Abe. They seize him, they take him, um, and he's got all the, yeah, can I, can I go there? I can't, well, what about that? Can I go there? And so on. Um, I'll just say, maybe in closing, um, the destruction comes, it sounds like the flood, the rain terminology. Lot's wife becomes a pillar of salt. You're familiar with this, I'm sure, coloring books and all this has, you know, some pillar of salt. Um... Abe goes there where he stands before the Lord, same place of intercession. He looks down, and what does he see? He sees destruction. He sees the six o'clock news. He sees that's just that. Um, the narrator, Moses, he, so it was when God destroyed the cities, he remembered Abe and sent Lot out of the midst when he overthrew those in which Lot had lived. I don't see any reunion there. I see an Abe thinking who's alive and who's not. And yet that intercession spilled over to cover Lot as well. And that's the prayer of the church when we pray for the lost, the wayward, and so on, the strengthening of faith. It's we trust the Lord's mercy to spill over in these ways, to reach into the regions dark and deep as the psalmist would put it again Sodom is meant to do that that's this does this sound familiar this grotesque kind of mob um, that's all around us and yet the Lord pulls 
seizes, right, Dr. Keats, seizes others, seizes us out of the same again and again and again when his patience should have run out with us long ago. What happens at the very end, Lot and his daughters, this is what happens when you try to preserve that so that maybe you're familiar with this. Both of them make Lot drunk. They have children. One is the Moabites, one is the Ammonites. So you have this, again, this kind of, whoa, what is this all about? Um, but this is, this is the attempt to, the seed, the, the uh, promised seed of Genesis 3. There's nobody else. This is, let's take it upon ourselves to be fruitful and multiply. Um, and yet, as gross as that is, this is exactly what our Lord... <laughs> Moabites, sound familiar? That's Ruth. That's Ruth. What's her deal? David? Why is he so important? <laughs> Great David's greater son. This is the kind of depth into which our Lord's incarnation descends. I want to assume into myself the worst of the worst in order to give you the best of the best. I may put it that way. Go ahead, Latif, and then we should probably wrap it up. Yes. Yes. In fact, his mercy lingers even beyond what we see and our own generation. Yeah. Throughout this account, I mean, one thing is to look at kind of Abe, right? And, oh, what do we learn about prayer and so on? But to consider the whole narrative, again, from the perspective of the Lord, you have to go down there and see if, <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere. It's like the Tower of Babel. Oh, maybe I'll go down there and see you don't have to go anywhere. You know this. When you go down there, you're going to be like the psalmist who said, I spy unrighteousness in the city. I'll get, yeah, that's well said. I'll go down there, and then I'll see. And he's, it's not like the indecisive father who's just kind of like, oh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you know, I'll go down there, and then I'll see. And then when I take a look at it, I'll say a few more things. And then, what's that? Oh, Abe, hey, Abe, you know. And then it's, Wow. The patience of our Lord, the long-suffering, probably a better word there, the long-suffering, the King James kind of, the long-suffering. The language is bear. I will bear with this much evil um, in order to accomplish my, my good purposes. So, yeah, a fascinating, the way of the Lord. What is the way of the Lord all about? And uh, 18 and 19, uh, gracious and merciful abounding in steadfast love, and yet will by no means clear the guilty. Uh, a beautiful picture of revealing the Lord's name. The Lord bless us, defend us from evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, Jay.